Amen. Okay, if you've got your Bible today, I want you to find John chapter 18. John 18. Good idea to have your own Bible that you can look at with us as we teach the Word. Make it your own. Underline stuff. Write notes in the margin. Just don't think your notes are as inspired as the other part. Amen. And uh, let's go ahead and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this time we have together today. We believe that you're speaking to our hearts and helping us with so many things in life. Thank you for moving in our midst now, opening hearts and opening minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, last week, we began a new series of messages called True or False, okay? And uh, if you missed that one, you'll need to go back and get caught up if you haven't already. If you missed, stop missing, first of all, a little pastoral advice, uh, Secondly, if it was out of your control, go to the internet and get caught up on that message and so you can be with the rest of us. So true or false, this is what we're talking about today. Uh, Let's go ahead and read our text here in John 18, verse 36. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Notice what Jesus said. This is the reason I am here. Why? To bear witness to truth. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And that's one of the things we want to answer. Many people are confused about what is true and what is false. And some, even to the extent that there are truths, there are things that are absolutely true and things that are false. How many understand that if nothing is absolutely true, then nothing is absolutely false? And uh, if there is nothing wrong, then nothing needs to be made right. There's absolutely no need to have a Savior, there's no need to repent. Why come to God? Basically, everything we do is futile if there is no such thing as truth. But as we have set in motion already last week and are continuing today, there is definitely things that are true, always, in every circumstance for every person. And there are things that are false. There are things that are wrong all the time for everyone in every situation. And what we need to be wise in is knowing the difference. There are too few people in the world today, and I'm, not, I'm talking both saved and unsaved. I'm talking about those in this church and those who are not. Too few people who know the difference. Sometimes when you read some of the studies put out, some of the surveys taken on what believers think, and they try to categorize it, you know, with those who call themselves Christian, those who call themselves born again, and you know, because it's really hard for a statistician, I think, to really identify the condition of a person's heart. But they do their best. But some of the results are very time, very much uh, shocking to hear how many Christians there are, how many people are believers, at least claim to be, and some of the funky beliefs that they have. And it's just, it's just a, just not a good sign of the education level of Christians 
in terms of reality, in terms of biblical truth. Uh, but we, as believers, need to be wise. We need to be able to very accurately and articulately separate and explain to people what things are true and why. What things are false and why are they false? What's right and what's wrong? When we can do that, we become far more useful in the kingdom of God. We become far more useful to the Lord. And so it's my desire that in these services and through this series of messages that we take it up a notch and we be able to articulate and explain and know why we believe what we believe and be able to explain that to those who don't know the difference between what is true and what is false. And so again, Pilate here, he didn't know. He said, man, what is truth? But the one question is, are all points of view equally valid? Is it wrong for us to say concerning one person's beliefs that they're wrong? No, <laughs> it's not wrong. In fact, we must say that. If we believe anything for certain, if we believe anything absolutely, that position requires us to call certain lines of thinking, certain beliefs incorrect. All right? We're not proud to say that. We're not boasting. We're not acting like we know everything. But we are acting like we do know something. All right? It's essential that we not take a position, well, well, you can never really know. I mean, no one really knows the truth. They're not really going to know until they die and stand before God. Well, that's foolishness. There are some things that we must know before that. It's critical that we know ahead of time. Are we going to know everything? No, but we must know some things. And what we do know, we must be bold with unapologetic about kind yes merciful absolutely humble and and, and and desirous to help people by walking in love yes but Jesus did say for this reason I've come to bear witness to the truth and we've got to be doing what he's doing what he did is what he's doing through us today and so we, if we don't know the truth we can't bear witness to the truth all right everybody with me today okay the mission of the church is not simply humanitarian, all right? Many times, I think I may have said this to you last week, but many times believers, the church, Christians, only get credit out in the world, in the culture, for humanitarian efforts. When we do things like feed the poor, help the hurting, you know, uh, clothe people, do different types of outreaches like that, we get a yay, you know, good job, you guys are doing a good job. But that's the only thing we get credit for, all right? And we do believe in that. But our mission is not that in an end of itself. If all we do is take care of people's natural needs and we gather together and get motivated and give money to meet people's natural needs, if we end with that, we're really missing it, okay? We've really missed what the Lord has called us to do. Because the end result is not just this life, it's eternity. And if I take care of all your natural needs and you go to hell, I don't think you're going to be thanking me for all eternity. Oh, they sure were nice. I mean, I mean, what a tragedy to leave out the eternal truths that will change a person's insides. And that's what we've got to be about 
in, in this day, in this hour. And uh, do we believe in the other stuff? Absolutely. But it is a means to an end. We need to change people's hearts. And the only thing that does that is the truth of God's Word. And so our main function, we'll say that's what Jesus was about. He was just about helping the poor. Well, no, He wasn't. He did some of that, but that's not what the main thing he was about. He was preaching the kingdom. He was preaching truth and righteousness. And again, we read what he said out of his own mouth. Man, the reason I'm here is to bear witness to truth. And so we've got to know what truth is so we can follow along those same lines and understand that eternity is a reality. We must know what matters most. Keep the main thing the main thing. And so today, I want to give you, I've broken my message into, into three points, and that is answering this question that Pilate asked, what is truth? What is truth? And I'm, t- I'm going elementary here to some degree, even though many have not thought this through to this depth, but it is very simple at the same time. Um, we want to look at things rationally, and we want to reason with you today. You know, I found it interesting as we were reading our uh, chapters this week with with all of you reading over in Acts chapter 26 how when when uh, Paul was standing before uh, Festus all right remember Festus <laughs> uh, he accused him of going mad and stuff he said you've just been learning too much you've been studying too much you're crazy now and 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 Paul answered him he, he was very interesting he said he said no he said I'm speaking to you words of truth and wisdom or not, excuse me, I said that wrong, truth and reason. I'm speaking to you words of truth and reason. That's what Paul was about. He was reasoning with them. He was uh, getting into their intellect. Now, if anyone knew how to operate in the power of God, Paul was one of those guys. And does anyone know about the power of the gospel? He said it in Romans, right? That the, power, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It's not about just leaning on mental arguments, but he did reason with them. He dealt with the the lies that were locked up in their minds that were keeping them out of a relationship with God. He said, I speak words of truth and reason. I know I was speaking to some guys one time. They were from this. Uh, they were from a different religious group, and and that were not not saved. And I was talking to them, and they said some things, and I would counteract with the word, and I would bring scriptures to them. And and uh, and after a little bit, one of them said, "Well, this is not good. What we're doing here. This is this is arguing. Arguing. We know that the Lord would never have us to to do that." And, and I said, "Well, you're wrong about that one too. Sorry." Uh, uh, I said, "Have you not ever read where Paul did that? He would go in and dispute with them." He'd go into their synagogues and dispute with them. And sometimes he spent weeks doing it or longer. You know, they'd say, you know, that's interesting. We'd like to hear you again on this subject. What, what was it? They were thinkers. And they're, they're considering, some of them were considering what he was said. And he was trying to persuade them. How? By using rational arguments. Now, do we do that in place of power? Trusting the anointing in the spirit? Absolutely not. I believe he was bringing it all. But this is part of who we are as believers. We should be able to explain what's true and why it's true. Why we believe what we believe. Okay? And so looking at these things and being able to reason with you. Here's my first point. What is truth? Number one, two opposing statements cannot be true. 
Two, oppo two opposing statements cannot be true. And that seems pretty logical and pretty rational to most people. But it's amazing sometimes how when people get in church, they throw out all reason. Check their brain at the door. And people in the world sometimes accuse us of just being, well, you're just blindly following anything that's said and anything that's done. You don't have any basis or, or reason for your belief. You just accept everything. That's, that's so far from the truth, how, at least with many of us. However, there are many believers that haven't really gone any deeper than that. And I understand that you, most people didn't come into the kingdom because they thought it out to the nth degree. Someone shared truth with them. They were convicted. It was a supernatural work. They responded and got saved, okay? And if that's been you, that's been many of us, all right? It's the smaller percentage that really have to wrap their brain around every aspect of the gospel. Uh, but however, after we're saved, we should become more knowledgeable of why and why this is valid and, and, and how can I defend it if challenged, all right? And so, uh, again, two opposing thoughts, we don't want to throw out, well, we're in church now, so we just can't understand. Well, we're reading the Bible, so we can't use our minds, or, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just a mystery, a mystery of God. No, no, that's, that's cowardly. Come on, we can understand. The Lord needs us to be able to understand so we can articulate well what's true and what's right. So, again, just follow me with this, this line of thinking. Two opposing statements cannot both be true. And we're being told in the world today that all roads lead to Rome. In other words, what do we mean? Every religious experience, every different group and different belief, it's all true. I mean, it's all right. They all end up in the same place. It's just different ways of coming to the same God. Ever heard that, 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 that kind of thinking before? Okay, why do we not accept that? because <laughs> it's not true <laughs> why is it not true okay first of all just the simple logic of it you can't have two things that say opposites and call them both right look at John 14 with me and let me explain this before we uh, before we read here uh, but look at some different religious groups in the world today you've got uh, just to stay real shallow with this for, for a moment You've got, of course, Christianity, you've got Judaism, you've got uh, Islam. One of the beliefs of those three groups is that there is one God. Now, there's a lot of difference in the middle there, but, <laughs> but one similarity, there's one God, right? And then you've got, you've got groups like Hindus, Mormons in our area. They believe in multiple gods, believe in many gods. Hindus believe in millions of gods. They have a God for everything, you know. Uh, Mormonism around here, they believe that they can ascend to godhood. And they can become gods. Okay, you cannot say just with those two examples, well, they're all right. They're all the same. No, they directly oppose each other. They say opposite things. They can't both be right. No matter how much you spiritualize it, it's impossible for both of them to be right. There's either a whole bunch of gods or there's one. You can't have it both ways. Right. So you follow the, the line of thinking uh, that, that we're on here. Jesus said, John 14, 6, Scripture said, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except, what? Through me. Jesus, that's an outstanding statement that he made there. I mean, he left no room for any exceptions. 
He didn't say, I'm a way, I'm a good idea way, I'm a pretty comfortable way. He said, I'm just it. Isn't that right? I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. He said, no one, no one, no one's getting to the Father unless they come through me. All right, that's, that's pretty absolute. That's pretty non-inclusive of other ideas. Well, you want to go that way? Okay, we'll let you go that way. No, he said this is the only way. Now, later, well, I'm going to get back to why that's true. All right, we're going to operate under the assumption that he's right for now. Okay, which most of, I know most of us are in agreement with that already. Okay, but Jesus said he's the way. Now, just using simple reasoning, if Jesus is the way, Buddha is not. I just want us to be able to, to say these things and not be afraid to say that a different belief system or something is wrong. I, I must. If someone believes in Buddha, I love them. I'd really like their Chinese food. You know, they got that dude when you walk into the restaurant. However, uh, sweet and sour is good and all that. But listen, I cannot, it's not rational or logical for me to say, uh, I believe Jesus, but I also believe that you can get to the Father through a Buddha. I can't say both. That's just dumb. That's dishonest intellectually for me to accept and say both are right. And I refuse to be that way. Okay? Even though I might be, well, you're just attacking them. I'm not really attacking him. I'm just saying you can't have it both ways. All right? And I'm going to tell you, Jesus is right and, and any other way is not. Okay? That, that's true. When, when in my discussions with other folks around here, I've many times, I have, you know, I went to high school with friends who were part of the Mormon religion and, uh, and, uh, and have many times had discussions with them and, and also with the, their guys that ride the bikes and stuff. And, uh, and, and, and truly and honestly uh, love them and care for them. And I'm not endeavoring in any way to, to mock, mock anything that a different person might believe. But in my discussions with them, what they will tell me and have told me numerous times is the way that we come to where we're at is we read the Book of Mormon and then at the end pray, ask God if it's true, and He gives us a burning in the bosom to let us know that that's true and that's how they know it's right and that then becomes their testimony. That God showed them that that was true. Okay? I know of those who read and got nothing. I know of those who, who read and they said, I got that burning in my bosom. And so that's why I'm a part of this belief system now. But I'm going to analyze just for a moment. Is that a good way to discover in life and in the world what's true and what's false? It's, it's not. Why? Because you're dealing partly in the realm of emotion, emotions cause feelings, and you cannot rely upon emotions to make decisions for you. Someone said it's not emotional. Well, okay, it is, but whether you say so or not. Uh, how, you know, I have a good friend who used to do a lot of drugs. They made him feel really good. I mean, he would do them. And have this really good feeling inside. 
Now that sounds like I'm mocking something, but I'm just wanting us to look rationally. Is that, is that true then that marijuana is the way to life? And this is a good directive for how you should look? No, because it made you feel a certain way. That's just not a rational way to look at things. All right. The other side to this is, when you look at things that way, there is a spirit realm. That, that group would acknowledge it as well as many groups. And that's true, there is a spirit realm. What about demonic activity? Is it possible that a, that a demon spirit could give any type of physical sensation to a person? Absolutely is. That's why the Bible does not tell us to approach truth that way. You don't just look at something and say, Lord, okay, is that true? Because you could be answered by your own background. You could be answered by, you know, your own thoughts and opinions. You could be answered by even demonic spirits. And so that's not a valid way. We must be more critical of any statement that claims to be the way than just this is my little experience I had with that. Everybody with me today? Okay. And so uh, if any group, whether you're talking about the LDS group or a different group or, you know, we're more familiar with them around here, uh, but if any group presents a different way if someone's book or something presents a different image of God than the Bible or a different way to be saved than the Bible does I can't accept both alright I'm gonna have to throw out one or the other but I cannot embrace two opposing ideas and ways of salvation I, I spoke years ago to a gentleman we sat down and talked and he said I'm a Baha'i I said, well, Baha'i. <laughs> no, I didn't really say that. <laughs> I don't know how many have heard of a group called Baha'i. Uh, they're a religious group. And, and what he explained to me, again, I'm not, I haven't done great research on their beliefs. Uh, really don't typically do that. Um, but he explained to me, he said, we believe basically in almost all the religions. He, he, he specifically left out the Mormon religion. He said, we don't accept that one. But he said, most of them, we, we accept, and we kind of embrace all of them. And he, he explained to me, he said, we believe in Jesus, that he was a prophet. He was a good prophet for his time. And we believe in Muhammad, and he was a prophet for his time. And, and he went down and named some different religious people, figures from, from history, and he basically was trying to embrace all of them. And, you know, you can see why in our day and our culture that has some appeal because, you know, you just, it's all-inclusive. Let's embrace everything. But uh, you probably know what I said to him, right? <laughs> I want you to know what I, what, what I said to him. And my, I, what I said to him was, what about Jesus? He said, he said oh, yeah, well, Jesus was good for his time, and, and, and he was a prophet. And I said, well, wait a minute. Don't just make that blanket statement. Don't just say, oh, yeah, we just accept this. Let's look at what Jesus said. And I read to him this verse. Did we read it yet? Yeah. I'm the, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I said, what are you going to do with that? You say you accept him and he was a true prophet, yet if, if you accept all this other stuff, you've got to call him a false prophet because he did not leave room for another way. He didn't say, this is how you get to the Father for these few years, but in a few more years, I'm not going to be the way anymore. No, you can't accept him and accept something else and act like it's all true. They're a contradiction. All right, that basic premise throws out so many 
misconceptions in our day about what is right and what's wrong, what's true, and what is false. All right. Here's the second point today. The second point is that truth must originate outside of yourself. Truth must originate outside of yourself. Who determines truth? One of us? Do, do we decide, this is true, I figured it out. I've got it. It, it. Truth cannot be subjective to the human mind, which is naturally biased and limited. We all operate naturally to a great degree on what we've experienced in the past, what we've been trained to do, what we've been taught is right and wrong. All right. Many of us have broken free from some of the things that we found out later. Oh, that wasn't right. <laughs> and we were able to make some changes. But I'm not ready to say that even one person in here is completely unbiased in any way concerning what's right and what's wrong. Therefore, I'm not going to look to any individual as the source of truth. Because I'm going to get a mixture of you and what you believe that's right and what you believe that's wrong. Amen. And that's true. I try to strip that away as much as possible, especially doing what I do. But I'm not going to tell you. Just trust me absolutely in everything that I say. No, I'm going to point you to something outside of myself. I have to go outside of a human being, outside of any limit, limited mind, in order to get truth that is pure and that cannot be questioned. Okay? Look at 1 Corinthians 13 with me. This is, a, this is a known point, but it's nice to have a scripture on it so we can emphasize it. But none of us can come up with eternal truths. We are all limited in what we know and understand. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 12. Everybody got it? It says, for now we see in a mirror dimly. What does that mean? Dude, your mirror's foggy. But then, face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. There's going to come a point in time we stand before the Lord and there's no hindrance. There's no deception. There's no lack. We're going to see absolutely clear. But today, that's not true. It is true concerning every single one of us that we know in part. That, that'll, that'll do us do us some good if we recognize that we should not be overly dogmatic about things that we don't know too many people say too many things with absolute no room for error no room for i might not see the whole picture they're just making absolute statements and we ought to avoid doing that unless we're grabbing an eternal truth that came from outside of our mind otherwise say this is what i think or from my perspective, it seems to me that this is what happened or this is what's right. That's just wisdom. Otherwise, you end up looking dumb. But when it comes to an eternal truth that's been revealed to us, which we'll get to, that's when we speak bold. That's when we have no apologies. That's when in love we tell people, you know what, this is, this is wrong. This will hurt you. Or this is right. Follow it, man. It'll change your life. Make a big difference. Okay, but we all know in part Who's all? Who's we? It's everyone on the planet. Even with the vast sum of knowledge and all study and all learning all around the globe through all history, you know what that comes to? 
when, it, when it's compared to what is to be known, it's very small. And you think about your part in that. Think about my part in it. All the knowledge in all the world, everything that's ever been learned and studied, and, you know, that equals this. Well, here's my little part of that. And yet in the big picture, there's so much that people don't know. So why don't people know more? Because God hasn't told us everything. The one who is truth, the one who knows all, has only revealed certain parts of it. And so we must acknowledge that we don't know everything. At the same time, we do know some things. And those things that we do know, again, we must communicate clearly. Whenever man comes up with absolutes, they're usually proven wrong a few years later. Uh, you read a diet book, and it's the hottest thing on the market. And it's the absolute truth concerning all nutrition. Well, maybe. <laughs> I always take those things with a grain of salt because a few years later something else comes out and disproves a lot of the things in that book I'm not saying don't read anything or it's going to hurt you but just don't make it your Bible right? just don't take things to that nth degree I'm surprised so many times at how many people I hear of that are health fanatics won't eat anything bad or uh, exercise you know, and do a lot of good things I don't come against it but diet 50 like, what is up with that? If anyone should live long, it should be the health person. Won't ever eat anything bad or do anything wrong. And, and I just know, I'm not saying I know the reason. I just say it's not all physical. <laughs> Amen. And just because someone puts all of their trust in a certain diet regimen or doing certain things physically, I'd back off from that personally. I'm not telling you to do, do different. I'm telling you, put your trust in the Lord and not just rely upon the latest research concerning your healthy body and living long how did that get in this message anyway but it, um, it, it relates it's just things change i remember years ago studying the uh evol evolution right and most of us have seen the little lineup right with the monkey and then you know they get bigger and bigger and then you got us uh and they show this is the you know, all the links, the evolutionary, whatever they, they call it. And uh, what? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I can't really hear you from... Uh, uh, but they, they line that up. And, and oftentimes they'll find something new. And they'll say, oh, yes, they celebrate missing link. We found this that was lacking. And this connects this. Because how many understand in that whole realm? That's another message, but I like to talk about it. Uh, what they are severely missing is transitional fossils. They find this, the goo, and then there's you. And, uh, and they're trying to say this became this, but they don't have fossils in the middle. Between species, I mean. Anyway, uh, I remember studying some of that and reading. And what they typically did with that little lineup of, guy, of dudes, monkeys to men, um, is they, found, they would find one bone. I think they found it in Nebraska. There's a bone in Nebraska one time. One bone, and then they extrapolated and made this dude. And they gave him a long name. I forget the name. And, uh, and then they said, woohoo, we got another guy in the line up there. And they put him in. But a few years later, they discovered, you know what? It was a pig bone. <laughs> Literally, I'm not just making this up. This is actually what happened. And, uh, and it was just a pig. And Bummer. What am I saying? Take everything with a grain of salt. If you're not sure, if, if someone says, we found it, maybe. I'm not saying, be, saying just be a negative person, 
But what is the source of truth? What's the source of the belief that you have? It's got to come somewhere outside of man's little peanut. Because we are so limited in what we see and what we know. And I definitely don't want to base my eternal salvation on something you figured out. <laughs> Here's what I came up with. And this is, this is the way to go. This is the way to live. Uh, you know, where do, do your beliefs come from? Many people think they have original thoughts. Well, this is what I just come up with. First of all, that's unreliable, if, if you did come up with it. Secondly, uh, many are just blindly following another's philosophy. There's been somewhat, to a degree, uh, of people who have rebelled against, quote, religion. I'm not following that system. I don't believe in that religion. But what they do is adopt a whole nother philosophy or way of thinking, and they have exalted it as superior but all they've done is the exact same thing. But the problem is it doesn't even have an eternal root. But they've adopted someone else's philosophy. Someone else came up with a line of thinking. They wrote a book. Some other people communicated. Someone blogged about it. They got in this discussion about it. And pretty soon, oh yeah, that's what I believe. And somehow it's superior now to what's been around a while because it's non-traditional. And I'm just spiritual now, but I'm not religious. What does that mean? I mean, it can mean whatever you want. I don't consider myself a religious person either. But saved in a relationship with God, but not religious. It just depends on what people call these different terms. But still, where did that thinking come from? Well, I just come up with it. First of all, very few thoughts are original. And even those that are, we recognize now. I'm talking about from where we're at. That there is a spirit realm. Many of us, the way we think, and we're increasing more and more, our thoughts have come from God. Because His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So we're adapting to His way of thinking. And that's the source or the reason why we believe what we believe. But what about so many others? Their thoughts came from where? Where did it come from? Something that's not reliable to base your life upon because again it can be questioned it can be disproven it's just an idea and we've got to be a little bit deeper than that amen now and so you know I was talking with my little girl recently and uh, and she uh, mentioned Santa Claus and I said because that was odd because we don't really do Santa Claus uh, not afraid of him, but we just don't teach him that kind of stuff. And, and uh, I don't think you should lie to your kids either, by the way. Uh, however, she said that, and, uh, uh, and she, she said, Santa Claus, I said, uh, what did I say to her? I've told this three times, now I forgot. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, she, anyway, she, 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 I know that part, but... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, I asked her, I said, something about, you know, Santa Claus. I said, is Santa Claus real? She said, yes. <laughs> and uh, I said, really? I said, how do you know? And she said, oh, I just know. <laughs> and come to find out, we later, we were, there's a movie she has, and she said, there's all the little Santa Clauses. And, and, uh, and, but that, that, that thinking, though, I thought was very interesting because I immediately thought, I've talked to a lot of do- adults who speak that way. 
How do you know? Well, I just know. What kind of a foundation for anything is that? What, well, what do you believe? Well, I believe, and they go on to explain. I believe that when I die, this will happen. Or I believe in this, this, and this, and this. Well, why? Many times I've gotten, well, that's just what I believe. You're kidding me, right? It's just what you believe. You're going to base your life and your eternity and everything hanging on, that's just what I believe. You know, I like to be kind and everything, but dumb. I really, I mean, I respect you and everything, but you're just not very smart. Uh, th- that is not a good foundation for, t- for anything in life. I just believe, in other words, your mind is your God. You are the source of your knowledge. Truth must come outside of yourself. Let's go to point number three. Here we go. Point number three. And this is when it comes down for us to f- discover the truth. And that is just, you can write it, you can write it this way. Uh, what do you make of Jesus? What do you make of Jesus? Ultimately, if I want to know truth, I've got to use reason, and I can still use reason even with Jesus. Say, so we accept him by faith, don't we? Yes, that means we don't see him. Faith doesn't see. But faith, it's, it doesn't mean that faith has no basis for its existence. Everybody with me? What are we going to do with Jesus? John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Truth came through Him. Someone said, Well, I don't believe that truth came through Jesus. Well, if there is truth, which we've established rationally that there must be, All right, get last week's message if you missed it. If there is truth, it had to come from somewhere. And now here's why we're having to deal with Jesus. Because he said that he was it. If I don't know where to look, and I can't rely upon a faulty, limited human mind, I've got to look somewhere to discover truth. And now I've got this guy that comes along. He says, I'm it. You're it. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. I've got to answer that claim. Now, I realize this. If most people were to say that, and they made that kind of outstanding statement about themselves, we would just dismiss them. We think, and you're a kook too. And you've got a God complex. (laughs) You know, something's wrong here. You think you're the way? Uh, I don't think so. However, when Jesus made a statement like that, we must consider some other factors. All right? When this, we could take a lot of time in this, but I'm just going to briefly give you this line of thinking so that you know, and it'll be a strength to your faith. All right? First of all, the guy shows up on the scene in Bethlehem, and it seems amazingly that all these gazillions of prophecies are all coming true, and there he is. Okay. We got something. I'm not sold yet, but, you know, thinking, wow, that's exactly the way they said it would happen. That's when they said it would happen. That's how it would happen. And it was thousands of years prior when those things were written. This is getting kind of weird. Well, there he is. And then he shows up on the scene, of course. Yeah, he's a pretty nice guy. I mean, I mean I'm still not ready to make him Lord yet, but he sure is a nice kid. Doesn't ever seem to do anything wrong. 
but he comes along, you know, he starts his ministry. And there's John the Baptist. We knew there was something strange about him, but he's prophesying to him now, saying there's the Lamb of God. I'm going to take away the sins of the world. And Jesus starts operating in his ministry. And miracles are happening right and left. I mean, amazing miracles. And crowds, huge crowds of people are following the guy around. In fact, he can't even get into some cities. They're like a wall. They flood the street. He can't even get anywhere. I'm, he's getting my attention. Now, I'm not, still not calling him Lord. Still not saying he's the way to God. But I'm thinking. And miracles. And people are being raised from the dead. Wow, some stuff going on here. I'm still thinking, listen, if, if I see someone today and everywhere they turn, they're having supernatural, miraculous things happen. I mean, miracles and people are being healed and raised from the dead. I'm going to listen to what they say. I am. Now, if they start saying something funky that I know contradicts what I know to be true, I'm not accepting them, but I am going to listen. And just the very fact of Jesus' life and the amazing way he came and all the outstanding things he did should get us to listen. Then you listen to them and you think, wow, this is pretty good. And in our time, looking back 2,000 years later, people are still operating by the things that he said. People who are not even saved are quoting Jesus because the tremendous wisdom and life that this was no kook. This was no crazy guy who just kind of built up a little crowd, got a little hype going for a little while, then died off and everybody forgot him. There was something amazingly special about his life and the, and the miraculous. But still, even with all that, you know, he makes this claim and says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Thinking, wow, you know, you've got some credibility with me now, but am I ready to make that leap? You're it? I mean, you, you kind of look like everybody else. Right? I, I mean, I know where you were born. You're, how do I really know that you're it? Then there's a clincher. The guy prophesies his death on more than one occasion. Isaiah prophesied it too, and others. And now he comes saying it about himself. What's going to happen to him? How he's going to be turned over? How he's going to be crucified? And how three days later, he said, I'm coming back. Not only prophesies his death but his resurrection. How many know, okay, I'm with you on all this other stuff, your teachings, like, wow, that's amazing. There's some good things happening. The miracles, I'm all about that. I mean, you live in, you're a really nice guy too, and I like you and everything, but you're going to die and then you're going to come back. I'm going to wait and see about this one. Because if that doesn't happen, I'm not going to call you the way, the truth, and the life like you said about yourself. However, if he can pull this off, I'm thinking, this guy's the real deal. Everybody with me now? There's something real happening. Because there's no one else that can do this. There's no one else in the history of the planet who could pull this off. And yet three days later, he comes busting out of the tomb. So, and I, now I want to still deal with us in the, in the rational realm here. Someone said, well, you just believe that. Well, yes, I do just believe that. I didn't see it with my physical eyes. But here's the deal. A bunch of people did. It's a historical fact. He appeared to hundreds of people. He made a personal visitation on multiple occasions with those that followed him closely. Remember, he, Jesus had the 12. 
that were set apart from the us. Judas was bad. He's gone now. And uh, there were the 11 left. They started hearing stories of the women who went to the tomb and Peter and John raced to the tomb and, and they came back. He's alive and he talked to us on the road and, and this and you know what the rest of them did? Nah. They didn't believe it. They were skeptical. They thought they didn't just swallow this and say, Yeah, we took his body or whatever, you know, we're gonna have this scam, start this religious movement. No, they themselves were skeptical of that report. They didn't believe it. What had to happen? To turn these guys. Jesus showed up to them physically. Doubting Thomas who said, I'm not going to believe unless I stick my hand in his side. Stick my fingers through his, the holes in his hands. Jesus showed up and said, Thomas, put them in, man. Here I am. And they were so convinced that he was back from the dead. It wasn't some like, oh, did that really happen? Or was that, what did you put in the soup? I thought I just saw Jesus. This was not something they were uncertain of. Where they thought, ah, oh, that could have been real, could have, been, could have not been real. They were absolutely convinced to this point, the very rest of their lives, they gave to the cause of saying, yes, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. There is only one way to salvation. They preached it their whole lives. They were persecuted, and these guys went to the death. In fact, I have a list of how most of how these guys died. Andrew was crucified. I mean, no, that's not a quick process. I mean, it's not exactly, how would you like to die? Uh, lethal injection, uh, firing squad, crucifixion. <laughs> I'll go with crucifixion. <laughs> Matthew was killed with a sword. John uh, John the Apostle, the Revelator, he was, uh, believe, we believe he's the only one that died a natural death. James, son of Alphaeus, was crucified. Philip was crucified. Simon was crucified. Thaddeus was killed by arrows. Thomas was thrust through with a spear. Bartholomew was crucified. And James, son of Zebedee, with a sword. And so you think about it. Well, someone said, well, yeah, they died these pretty horrific deaths and, and they were persecuted. But maybe, you know, people can be deceived. Maybe they truly and honestly believed in what they were preaching, and that's why they went all the way to the death saying that it was true. But there's a difference here. These guys were not just believing even the report of someone else. I would go to the death, and I'm believing the report. They weren't. They saw Jesus firsthand with their own eyes. If they were believing a lie, believing something that wasn't true, they knew it. When they were questioned, did you see him? Is, is he alive? They had to answer, yes. This is true. I cannot deny. He was raised from the dead and he is the author of our salvation. He is the only way to God. If they were saying something false, they knew they were. And if they knew they were pulling a hoax... I tell you what, it doesn't take too many rusty old nails before you say, uh, uh, <clears throat> change my mind. Their testimony and being sold out their whole life, even to the point of horrific death, is great reason. Where we can reason with people. Because you know what? We are here today because of their testimony. 
they saw it firsthand was not just an emotional experience was not just a uh, you know something was in the had too much pizza had a dream and now i think this is the way because chris listen we are to be wise and judge all things we're not just to accept any experience or anything we see and state it as absolute fact and true no we're to be wiser than that and here's what i bring everything back to what about jesus he proved himself. He was who he said he was. And he did exactly what he said he would do. I'm taking what he says as fact. Outside of myself, it came from God. And this is truth. When people wonder, what about the Old Testament? Well, did Jesus give credibility to it? You know, people, there are surveys today. I've seen studies to see how many Christians believe that the devil is real demon spirits are real someone said is that do you believe that well what did jesus believe did jesus acknowledge that that was real you read and you find out yes so i'm going with it that's a truth and i'm not going to back away from i didn't come up with it someone didn't philosophize about it someone did didn't just have a little dream about it and that's how no this is god in the flesh who was raised from the dead, and it's a historical fact that's provable even if you put it in a court of law. And it's a basis for my faith and my relationship with God, and I'll always hold whatever He says to be the truth. And it's the dividing line. Now, we're going to get into some other things about truth to help us go from there, but that was needed to set the foundation so we can have a strong stance and know what we believe and know why we believe it. Amen. Thank you, Father, today. Let's have everybody just real still now for the rest of the few couple minutes we have together. Real still. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your life. I thank you for revealing these truths into our hearts and helping us to be established so we're not wavering and wondering and have a shaky foundation for our life and for our eternity. Thank you so much for what Jesus did for us in His life and in His death and in His resurrection that we can stand here confidently and boldly today and proclaim truth to those who are bound in darkness, those who have been deceived by lies, and Lord, I believe that you now supernaturally empower and quicken us and enlighten our eyes, the eyes of our understanding, so that we can walk in your truth. Father, I do pray for every individual here today that's not right with you. If they were to die today, they would not make heaven. Father, I pray that you touch their hearts. Pray that you draw them to yourself. Minister to them and show them your love. In Jesus' name. This morning, with no one looking around, just in respect to those around you today, real important time right here and right now. Maybe you've come to you've come to church today, but like I just prayed, if you were to die today, God forbid, but if you were to die today.